a close friend of our family, her and her husband, and um, we count them as a friend of this ministry, and we just love them, and we just appreciate who she is. And she brought a friend with her. She brought Amy. Let's give it up for Amy. And Amy's going to share as well. Um, she's from Mark Matchin's church down there in Life of Faith in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, we love Mark as well. He's a good friend. And, and, uh, and also, they're going to be speaking at the, um, at the conference um, in Myrtle Beach, which is coming up in June. So Sandra and Mark will be speaking there. So come on up, Sandra. We're going to give the mic to you. We're going to set you loose and let you, oh, and we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we're going to see if your iPad's waterproof. Amen. Yeah, come on up. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll get it if I need Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I want to clean your pulpit for you because I baptized it, right? Amen. Anointed it with oil. Just kidding. I love funny stuff. I do, too. <laughs> get ready to laugh. Wait, is this my water? Yeah, I'm sure I brought this up here just a second ago. Okay, good. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is going to be, we are going to have so much fun today. And the service is going to be great. And I'm excited for the food at the picnic, too. So it's going to be fun. Great day. And I just want to say, I just want to say I'm thankful that all, I, there's a whole bunch of people that came with me. Well, Amy brought her two nieces. Amy, stand up. And her two nieces, Mallory and Stand Up Girls, and Kylie, who are sisters. And um, she came from, so Amy came from Alabama, and you're going to love her. She is the reason I love, and I was so excited to do this first, actually, first speaking engagement with her that, that we've ever done together. I mean, we spoke at Cassie's retreat yesterday and then here now, is because she's all about Jesus. That's, do I need to say anything else? No. At this church, I don't, because you understand what I mean. She's all about Jesus, and that's just the people I love to minister with. So, um, And then Christy and Joy, stand up, and Renee. And then my other friend, Eva, did head back to Indiana this morning, but she was with me. And, I mean, we, first of all, I just want to say, these ladies have such servants' hearts. They helped me so much. They, I didn't even have to ask for help. They just really like been helping me the whole trip. And I didn't even bring them for that. I brought them just to be with them. But they just totally have servant's hearts. So I appreciate them so much. And yes, Steve and I, and my husband's not here this time, but he was here last time I came. And he'll be in Myrtle Beach. Yes, I love it when my husband gets to go with me. And we count you guys, friends, and yes, your ministry. Oh my goodness, so much. And you know, when I look at Lily, Stacy and I were talking about how she desired to have a girl last time that I was here. When I look at Lily, I just think you, you're, you're, you're the miracle that your mom was believing for, you know? And um, so I, it's just so neat to see it have come to pass now. So, okay, let me pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to one more time step out of the way and unveil Jesus to everyone in this room, including myself. <laughs> so thank you for that, for bringing that forth, Holy Spirit. And I just thank you for the opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you and welcome everyone who's online as well. I know I shared it to my page and I think Amy shared it to hers. So anyone who's watching or going to watch later, we can't see you, but we know you're there. And I, I, I'm just glad that we have this medium of social media and, and online stuff that people can join online. I think that's awesome. So, 
Um, okay, so the title of my message is The Adventure of Spirit-Led Living. So let me start by saying this. My brother David <laughs> is a man of adventure. I mean, he has swam with sharks. He has, he's old, my older brother. He has jumped out of an airplane, probably more than once knowing him. <laughs> and he's gone to probably the most dangerous countries in the world. And he, as a missionary, you know. And um, he is just like, adventure, adventure. I'm the complete opposite of him. <laughs> I'm never jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> I won't even get in the ocean because, I don't know, if I watched Jaws one too many times growing up or what, but it just freaks me out thinking about my feet dangling below the water and sharks being down there. And so, but I want to talk to you about another kind of adventure today. And it's the adventure of spirit-led living because I am now living on this adventure. And before this, my life was organized, orderly, and boring. <laughs> and so, oh, if I'm doing something wrong, just let me know and I can switch it. Um, it was. I was just like, basically, if I didn't understand, like, you know, I had a plan. I always had a plan, for sure. And if, if whatever the Holy Spirit, really what happened is the first 34 years of my Christian life, I just over, I would override the Holy Spirit a lot. Let me just tell you what my life was like in just a paragraph here. For 34 years after I received, just remember, this was after I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I worked my head off in an effort to please God. Lived frustrated, filled with multiple fears and phobias, including a phobia of spiders. Felt like a failure, was completely exhausted, made my family feel like they could never quite measure up, was confused, felt guilty and condemned, held many misconceptions about God, read the Bible all wrong, believed countless lies, tried until I almost died, and nearly quit Christianity. But other than that, I was doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and so for those years, what happened is I, I was born again at the age of eight. And this was not the way I was taught. You know, my parents are awesome. I have awesome parents. I, I really had a great upbringing. We have so many great memories. But the devil was able to get in there because I, I was just like one of those, I love you, Jesus. I love you so much. And I just thought, I want to work for you. You know, nobody was telling me that. I just, he was able to get in there and help make me believe lies or, well, he can't really make us believe the lies. We choose to believe the lies, but he tempts us to believe lies. Have you ever been tempted to believe a lie? <laughs> and so I believed the lie that God was disappointed in me. For the years that I was a believer in Jesus, 34 years, I believed the lie. Hi, girls. These girls came from Florida. <laughs> I believed the lie that, the, that God was mad at me, that God was disappointed in me, that God was standing over me just ready to beat me over the head or at least be like, he went, like he was trying to catch me in a mistake. I mean, that's how I saw God. He was trying to catch me making a mistake. And so I was always trying to avoid getting in, get in trouble with God. Even though that wasn't the truth, that really wasn't the way he was seeing me, that is how I saw him. So interestingly enough, because I saw God that way, that's how I treated my family. I was always looking for whatever mistakes they were making until I could, you know, try to straighten them out because that's what I thought God was doing to me, okay? And so those years, I just lived out of here. I lived out of my brain. 
I did not know how to live led by the Spirit. I had definitely heard about it and things like that. And really, when I was doing this, in the middle of this, I didn't even realize what I was doing till I came to the end of myself in 2011. But, but, but I'm going to back up. But in those years, I was really living out of my brain. And I mean, I had to understand it. Like, basically, if I had a plan, which I always did, and the Holy Spirit would say, lead me to go over here and minister to this person, well, if it didn't fit inside my plan, I, I'm, I wasn't doing it because I was afraid. I thought, I thought I had to keep all the plates spinning. I thought I had to keep it all together. And so um, one of the beautiful things God did for me, well, first I came to the end of myself in 2011. I mean, because of all the stress that I lived in from what the paragraph that I just read you, caused major health problems in my body. You know, stress causes sickness. <laughs> and God does not make us sick. God does not cause sickness. He, he can't, like it's impossible. He is good and only good. But, but stress does cause sickness, you know? And I lived in so much stress, so I really had quite a few health problems. And I remember at the end of my, what I call my two-year health nightmare, which I won't get into, I was so worn out. I was exhausted from trying to live the Christian life. Really, that's what exhausted me the most. <laughs> I mean, now I laugh at it thinking back, but do you know that there's a lot of Christians exhausted from trying to live the Christian life? But what I didn't understand, but what I want to tell you is we can't live the Christian life. We don't have the ability to live the Christian life one person has the ability to live the Christian life, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he lives it in us and through us. It's just all Jesus is what I came to a conclusion of. But I had to come to the end of myself first and, and just wear myself out from all the self-effort that I was living in. And I did that at the end of 2011. I mean, I literally think that day I was really contemplating quitting Christianity. I, I just told God, I can't do this anymore. I can't live the Christian life. And I said, I need serious help. So the next week, one week later on January 2nd, 2012, I was having my devotional time with God. And I did have devotional time on a regular basis. I believe in that. But I did it back then. All those years, I did it out of duty, not out of devotion. Like, I didn't do it from knowing that God loved me. I actually was afraid that he would be mad at me if I didn't do it. So, but he still used it. Even though I was doing it under legalism, he still used it that morning. I was having my time with God. It was January 2nd, so I was asking, is there anything more you want me to do for you this year, Father? Which was ridiculous for me to be asking that. Like, that's all I ever spent my, my time doing. But I thought that was the right, like, I always tried to do the right rule, you know. Okay, that's the new year. That's the rule. You should be asking God what, you know. And so I was doing that, and I right away felt, well, first of all, what happened? is I felt like the Father said, no, Sandra, there's, in my heart, I felt like he spoke to me, no, Sandra, there's nothing more I want you to do for me this year. And then right then, I felt like a, just a tidal wave of the love of God swept into the room. I mean, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get up here and preach after that worship. I was like, how did they expect me to preach after that? I was just, I, I, because of what God did in my life, the day that I'm telling you about right now, I now yeah. love yeah. to receive the love of yeah. God. Yeah. 
man. And I was just, I couldn't stop crying because his love is so good. And then thankfully he helped me stop crying. So now I can talk. <laughs> but at first I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. So Brian, keep doing what you're doing. You have such a gift, brother. Man. Oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> man, that, I, whoa. I, worship is, it's my favorite thing in the whole world. I mean, just, it is just amazing. So anyway, that, um, that morning, that happened, and I felt like I was just swimming in the love of God. And what happened after that is I, well, I didn't know. I just thought when, I, when that devotional time was over, I just thought, wow, that was a good devotional time. I remember I recorded some stuff in my Mac journal, but I didn't really know, like, what had happened to me until the next morning. I woke up, and the treadmill of accomplishment that I had been running on in my mind for 34 years trying to live the Christian life was gone. The treadmill that I had been running on to try to earn worth and value, because I felt like I, I need to, you know, like, prove my worth and value. Like, I need to get this right. I need to show people that I'm a good Christian. I'm a good wife. I'm a good mother. You know, I, I put so many rules on my family because of that. And I had lists for myself. Oh, my goodness. I Every day I had my spiritual to-do list in my mind, and I had my real list of, of jobs to do. And that is what I spent my whole day doing. I, I wouldn't, like, if I was even driving through Kentucky, which, by the way, you have a beautiful state. I mean, everyone that was riding with me, we were all like, wow. And I've been here before, but some of them, it had been their first time, and we were like, wow. And so, but I wouldn't have noticed that before. I wouldn't have noticed that at all. I would have just think, thought, well, wait, I got to get my next thing checked off on my list. I got to get accomplishment because I need my worth and value because I didn't know that my worth and value is just in being a, a loved daughter of God. But that morning, the, the morning before on January 2nd, the Father just really showed me, Sandra, I love you for you, not for anything that you do for me, just because you're my child. So the next day and just in the days coming up after that, I would do stuff like this. I'd be like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I never felt okay before that. I always felt like I was trying to get okay, you know, like measuring myself, you know, you need to be less angry today than you were yesterday, Sandra. Always something on my list to do. I'm okay. And then I also would go around my house and be just like, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And since that day, I have never lost that sense. And I'm not saying I haven't gotten, a, you know, sometimes we all, we can be pulled away into the cares of the world. You know, it's not God's love didn't stop toward us, but we just stopped receiving. And let, let me tell you, I mean, we even have a ministry that's, the ministry is growing. And I've really had to, I've had to have conversations with my husband, and I've had to have conversations with God. How do I handle this? Because I want to be there for the people. I am a people person to the core. Like, I'm so excited about today because we get to go out and have a picnic and hang out together. And, and I love that. But I mean, I get emails, I get messages. I'm sometimes starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed, you know, by the growth of the ministry. But God's got a way. But I have to remember that my place, and you talked about it right up here, just receive the love of God, and he will show me how to do it all. You know, I don't have to be overwhelmed, but that's not God's will for me, to be overwhelmed by the ministry. He's got a way for us to do anything. I mean, I'm blessed that the ministry's growing, but you know what? Even if we had to stall the growth of the ministry, 
that's what I need to do to stay right here in receiving the love of God. You know what I mean? I don't think that's going to be necessary, but God will show us the way. But I, Sandra McCollum, have to make sure I don't get back over into works mode in an effort of trying to help everyone because I love people so much, you know, because I've got to do what I do. And I do believe I am doing this, but I, I've sensed myself sometimes slipping over just knowing God loves me. He'll show you. He'll let you lead. I mean, this is what I'm talking about today, being led by the Spirit. Jesus is my wisdom. He will show me how to handle every situation. And you know what? One thing he's taught me and he's been showing me, answer questions with less words. <laughs> because I am like a detailed person. And so that's God's wisdom for me, right? And he will, I mean, I'm telling you, he's got your answer for everything. He ha I'm, I've got some stories for you today. He's got your answer for everything. Okay, so let's go to slide. I actually did slide number one, Casey. Okay, so slide number two. So I just always figured this would be a good way to... It is. Uh, no, it's if I couldn't... No, you know what? Let's do three, actually, because I already talked about two. <laughs> yeah, we can go to the next one, three. I already talked about that. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, it's um John 14, 16. Yeah. Thanks. I'll be more specific next time. Cool. Okay, so John 14, 16 says, well, let me just say this. Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, and he, that he may remain with you forever. So that is just like amazing news right there. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is here to help us through anything we go through in life, anything we need to figure out. He is, he makes, if we will listen to him, and remember, I wasn't doing that the first 34 years because I wanted to live, I wanted to try to keep it going in my own effort. I didn't even realize what I was doing was wrong. I thought I was doing the right thing as a Christian. I thought I was supposed to try harder. <laughs> you know, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. But now I realize that self-effort mode is not the right way to do our lives in any fashion or form. Now, it doesn't mean we don't put effort into doing what we're doing. But that will come on the other side of grace, okay? I remember learning that right in the beginning of my grace journey. Like I was trying to explain it to some of my friends and stuff, and I was like, no, no, it's so, I was so excited about grace. I was like, no, no, it's totally different. On the other side of grace, now I do it from a totally different motive, you know? And it's so cool. So now I put more effort out than I ever did before, but I'm not frustrated most of the time. Like I said, I can get away from that. I'm not frustrated because I'm doing it from knowing I'm a loved child of God, from knowing that he loves me. And even when you said what you did, Jeremiah, up here about just receiving the love of God or somebody. No, it was a song that you sang, Brian. It was about um, he's never going to love me more. What's the line? He won't love me more than, couldn't love me more. Yes. Well, I'm sitting in the back, and I wasn't, I'm not, a, I'm not, I wasn't afraid to get up here. I wasn't anxious about the message or anything. But when he sang that, I, the first thing that went through my head was, yes, Sandra, you could get up there and fail 
ministering this message, but it doesn't mean you're a failure. You're not a failure in Christ. <laughs> I mean, we do, if, if you fail in the natural, in Christ, literally, you can only fail forward because <laughs> he will always. So that puts me to be able to get up here and not be like, I got to prove something to these people, you know. And um, so when you sang that line, I just was like, that's just what came to my mind. Like, he's not going to love me more if I do a good message today and love me less if I don't. That's so far from what the old Sandra McCullum was, from the way that she thought. And so this is a journey, and we're all on a journey, and we're all learning and growing in grace. But man, I can see how the Holy Spirit has led me, but I had to see him as my counselor, my helper, my intercessor, my advocate, my strengthener, and my standby. And so I just so appreciate the ministry of the Holy Spirit now in my life, whereas I didn't before because I didn't really understand. I just thought I was supposed to keep trying harder. And so, and if you want to know more about my story, I did not bring my book up here, but I do have my book back there. And it's, I have one book, and then I also read my book on audio, and it's called I Tried Until I Almost Died. And the subtitle is From Anxiety and Frustration to Rest and Relaxation because I spent so many years of my life anxious and frustrated as a believer, and now I've learned how to live in that life of peace and rest. And I love to teach other people how to do the same. Okay, so one of the things the Spirit does, the Holy Spirit does in our lives, is he leads us into all truth. So you could go to, it's slide number four, but it's the scripture, 1 John 16, 12 through 14. Thank you. Awesome. Um, Jesus said, I have much more to tell you, but now it would be too much for you to bear. When, however, the Spirit comes who reveals the truth about God, he will lead you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but he will speak of what he hears and will tell you of things to come. He will give me glory because he will take what I say and tell it to you. Wow, when I was reading that the other day and studying for this, I was like, that last verse, he will give me glory. That is one way you can know if you are hearing a message that's spirit-led instead of self, is it should be pointing you to Jesus. It should be pointing. And, and even in your, only, in your everyday life, just knowing, am I in self-effort or am I in, is our, is our mind, and you set it up here, I think, Jeremiah, are we focusing on ourself? Are we micromanaging everything we do wrong? Or are we focusing on what Jesus did for us? Because I'm telling you, when we focus on Jesus and his finished work, the other stuff falls off. I, I had an anger problem that was so, I mean, really bad anger problem. A, a, just a really bad temper, temper, mostly mad at myself for all those years. And that has fallen off. Now, am I saying I never get angry? No, I'm not. But I'm telling you what, God has helped me so much. I told this story yesterday, but I... Um, well, first of all, I, I had several opportunities to get angry yesterday. And um, I was trying to curl my hair before the retreat, and I hadn't, I have to wash my hair every day. Like, because I put hairspray in it, I can't recurl it. Well, I tried to do that, and it never worked, so I don't know why I tried it. But I was curling and curling, and it would not curl. And I wanted to have, I wanted to have my hair curled for the retreat, you know, with all these women. 
So I'm standing there in front of the mirror, and I'm telling you, I want you to ask yourself a question today. How valuable is my peace to me? And so I was standing there in front of the mirror, and I was, and I was like, I got two choices. I can get upset. And the reason that I would, I love to go back a step and go, why, why, why? The reason that I would get upset would be because I need to have my hair curled and look a certain way to think that I'm worth more. But I don't because my worth and your worth is in Christ Jesus. Okay? That is, that is, I have to go back a step. That's what points you to Jesus for you to know why would I do that? But yesterday morning when I was standing in front of the mirror, I was able to just say, I'm going to put my hair on top of my head. So I put my hair in a ponytail. My husband says I look like, wait, what's, what's the Wilma on Fred Flintstone? <laughs> I'm putting it on top of my hair. And really, it was a God thing because it was so hot there that it was so much better. I mean, God always knows best, right? But I was able to do that and stay in perfect peace because I was like, I don't need to have my hair a certain way. Yes, that's what I wanted. Yes, that's what was my plan. But now I can go, and really it was the Holy Spirit leading me to put my hair on top of my head, okay? Then I realized too, it was, I think it was like the night before that I realized that I had forgotten my hairspray. And, um, and I, man, I spent so many years just thinking, Sandra, you're such an idiot. Why didn't you remember that hairspray? You know, you're, you know, just self, my self-talk was so negative. Has anybody else ever struggled with that? I think we all have at times. And there are, there are once in a while now, living under grace, that I will say something negative about myself. But man, I don't do it very often because I know I am a king's kid. <laughs> I am a child of God. I'm loved. I'm cherished. I'm uh, forgiven. I'm righteous in him. And so I go to those things more now. But I'm not saying that I never do think a bad thought about myself, because I do once in a while. But when I forgot my hairspray, same thing. I had a choice. I had a choice. And again, it would have really been the same thing. If I take a step back, I, I, I literally was tempted. To, I, I had the emotion rising up in me to run, and this was when you guys were on your way. I was going to leave, and, and the Johnson family was coming over to the Airbnb to eat dinner, and I was going to leave. This is what was rising up, what the devil was trying to get me to follow him, right? His idea was for me to grab the keys and get in the van, the, my old ways of being mad, and go get that hairspray. But why would I have needed to do that? Because I needed to go get it and fix my failure and my own self-effort so that I wouldn't feel like a failure. But I don't have to do that when I know I'm not a failure, even when I don't, even when I don't have my hairspray. So what did I do instead? I went downstairs. Thank you, Father, for helping me. I mean, I know it's all by his grace that I can do these things, I'm telling you. The good thing is, is when I do things wrong and I make the wrong choice, I don't get out from under the waterfall of God's grace. I don't just stay in grace when I'm making the right choice. This is one of the most important things that I teach people. I stay underneath the waterfall of God's grace when I have done the dumbest things. And that is what helps me to stay over on this side more often because it's his grace that changes our heart, you know, and helps us. So I went downstairs and I said, does anybody have any hairspray? I forgot my hairspray. Nobody else knew I had even gone through that scenario in my mind. I didn't even say anything. And Joy said, I have a brand new bottle of hairspray. We can, I can share with you the rest of the weekend. 
problem solved. And I was able to stay in peace. So the spirit leads us into all truth, right? Oh my goodness, I love spirit-led living. It is so amazing. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, and I'm really, I'm almost done, is the spirit functions as a fruit producer in our lives. I remember on my grace journey, after I, you know, after I said the love of God swept in the room, and I, I mean, God just set me on a journey of grace that day. And it's been, uh, let's see, is it 12? Nine years. Nine years now, because it's, two, yeah, it happened in 2012. And it has been the most adventurous journey of my life. But one of the things that I did not understand is, I mean, I just thought all those years I was supposed to produce my own fruit, you know? <laughs> like, I got to work up this fruit, you know? And um, so I remember when I read Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and I saw that it said, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I was like, oh, it says the fruit of the Spirit. That means it's not Sandra's fruit. That means I don't have to produce it myself. I mean, you should have seen how excited I got that day. I was like, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And I mean, all this just points to Jesus. We know that it's him that makes, that gives us the ability to, and yes, we do have to say yes to him. We do have to surrender. One of the words I used yesterday that some people came back to me and said it helped them is we just surrender to grace. We just defer to Jesus, you know? And so he's not going to take us over. He's not going to take us over and make us go in a certain way because we do have a free will, you know, but it is all him that's doing the work in and through us as we, really, this is what we do. We take our faith out of our efforts of fixing ourselves, and we place them in Jesus. I did it sitting right there for this message as Brian was singing. I said, or I think I was back there watching this girl paint this beautiful picture during worship. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, let me. Okay. Let me know if it keeps. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that's true. You won't have to let me know. I was sitting back there letting her, or just watching her paint and looking at my message. And, uh, oh, now I forgot what I was going to say. I think I did that last time I was here. Oh, I forgot. Okay, it's okay. That doesn't make me feel bad. I always use that as an example that even if I forget what I'm going to say, that doesn't mean my failure. It's fine. The Holy Spirit will bring it back if he wants to. I'm telling you. Jesus has such a life of freedom for us to live in. I am telling you right now, we are, he died and rose again so we could live in freedom. And not only that, when you, have you noticed something? When you live in freedom, you give other people permission to do the same. It is. It's not that, it's not because we're great, you know, I mean, we are awesome in Christ. Everything is in Christ, but we're not great in ourselves. It's not nothing like that. It's because they see us living in freedom, and they're like, it's okay for me to live in freedom, too. So it's, it's really amazing. Okay, so, I'm, so I talked to you about the fruit of the Spirit, that it's the Spirit's fruit. Now, I want to tell you something with that. So I needed to receive the fruit of the Spirit in a certain area of my life in my eating. <laughs> I was a sugar addict, and I mean big time. And I loved sugar so much, and I'm telling you guys, I've never been on drugs, but it must have felt similar to what it was like being on heroin or something, because I 
had this craving. I mean, it would just be like I'd want more. You would not even believe the amount of sugar that I could put down at one time. I remember one night I drove to, I drove to one place and put. <laughs> I'm not saying this for any reason. Listen, I. Oh my God. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, I just want you to know when I preach this or when I write about it, I tell people, I say, now, this is just something God has shown me. I am not telling you. I even told the ladies yesterday, I said, I'm not telling you you have to go off sugar. That is not what this is about. This is to help you in whatever area the Holy Spirit's leading you for. So take what I'm saying and do that. But for me, I'm telling you, I, oh my, that was funny though. I love this church. It's like awesome, you know. And um, I was just really, it was beginning to affect my health. It was affecting my emotions. I would find myself doing things like raising my voice to my girls and just like going off, like all of a sudden, like I would just, but it would always be the day after I ate a big dessert. And so the Holy Spirit was telling me, he was trying to, he was trying, I mean, really, he was, he was wanting, how do I explain it? Let's see. The Holy Spirit is the fruit producer. So I wasn't receiving letting him help me <laughs> walk in his, you know, what I would do, and here's why I wasn't receiving him. So let me give you an example. I would do that. I would raise my voice to my girls. And then the next day, or the next day after I ate a dessert, and then right away the Holy Spirit would sweetly, he always says sweetly, um, he was never condemning. He would say, Sandra, that's because you ate that dessert yesterday. That's what that's coming from. And I just, you know, I just really encourage you to lower your, he never even told me I have to get off it totally, but lower your sugar intake. And this is how I would respond. Oh, I got this. No, no, I got this. Is that an addict or what? That is, that is what an addict does. And I would say, I got this, I got this. And it's because I liked it a lot. And I did not want him messing in that area of my life. But he was just trying to help me. I'm going to tell you how many good things have come out of this. And so that kept up. And I had to come. Even though I had come to the end of myself in 2012 and I had really come into a grace revelation, I really was living in so much more peace. In this area of my life, my emotions were being very affected from that choice. And so... I just kept on that road. Then my health, I, I had an issue with a um, cyst back in 2009, and it grew to the size of a cantaloupe. And I had like a nephrostomy tube out my back with the drainage. It was horrible. It was my two-year health nightmare, I call it. Well, because of that, I still had a lot of flank pain on this side. And I just, you know, thought, well, I mean, if you look at my, if you look at a, a scan of this side, my ureter, your ureter tube is the one that goes right below, uh, between your bladder and your kidney. And when the doctor took that cyst out, he accidentally nicked that ureter tube. And it caused it to uh, drop like this, called, causing hydrophrenosis. And it, so that wasn't working. I mean, it was backing up in my body and I was nauseous for like six weeks. So we found out and then I ended up having to get the next year I ended up having to get a ureter repair, and actually the cyst grew back, so I ended up having to get a complete hysterectomy. But, so that happened, but because, but after that, I still had this. And if you look on a scan now, you can still see that it swelled 
more, but they say that's normal. Well, we know that's not normal. That is not what God wants for us, right? And so I just kind of, you know, I mean, I think sometimes we go, I guess I just got to live with this, you know. No, we don't have to live with that. I was feeling sick this morning. I'm not contagious. I promise it's nothing contagious. It's something certain that's going on, and I was feeling, I wasn't actually feeling bad, but some things were happening, and Amy came downstairs, man. She said, can I pray for you? And I mean, she just took authority over that. And I have not been sick ever since. I haven't, that hasn't happened. I'm not contagious. I want to say again, I almost hesitate saying that. I don't want anybody to think when I'm out there with you talking, does she have anything? <laughs> I'm not contagious. But the devil was trying to attack me because he didn't want me to be here to be able to preach the word. So anyway, back to the story. Uh, my um, flank, the flank pain was just, I don't know, it kind of felt like it was always there. Well, guess what? The sugar was affecting it. When I would eat all, when I would take in, because sugar can cause inflammation, or at least in my body it could, it can, or it did, I know it did. And um, so the Holy Spirit was trying to help me. And finally, finally, last August, because it was getting worse and worse. And this had happened, this has gone on for like 10 years of after my, because that happened in 2009, so it's been more than 10 years that I have on and off flank pain, right? Guess what? The Holy Spirit was trying to help me that whole time. And so I finally just was like, I know I need to get off this sugar. I know I need to get off this sugar. But guess what I said before I was like, I got it. I can do this. I really tried in my own strength, but it it didn't work (laughs) because it never does when we do it in our own efforts. And so that night, August 31st of 2020, I said, I don't got this, God. I don't got this. I can't do this. But you can. Please help me to get off sugar. Guys, I am not kidding you. From the next day on, I got off sugar. And I I am not kidding you. I, I will be forever grateful. And this girl knows. See, what happens when we get freed, really we never get Ultimately, a person can never get free through their own efforts. But through willpower, it can seem like we're free for a period of time. And so, but ultimately, what would have happened if that happened to me is I would have been, because this is what I did before I was a grace girl. I was constantly bragging to people. Like I had a problem before, you know, years ago and many years in a row of being late everywhere I went. Well, I remember when I get feel like I got some you know, st- I made some stride in that area. I remember I would tell people, okay, this is what I did to, and I would tell everybody they needed to do what I needed to do instead of pointing them to Jesus and, and encouraging them to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm telling you, I'm not telling you to go off sugar. I'm telling you, you'll know what God's dealing with you about in your own life, but I'm telling you right now, God only wants to help you. He never has anything but good for you. And so... I don't even have a desire to brag about this sugar thing. Like, I couldn't do it myself, so why would I brag? Because God's the one that delivered me. Yeah, I want to brag. I want to brag on him. And I want to say that he did that. He delivered me. And so now I've probably eaten sugar like seven times, and even that was an interesting thing because I felt like at first when I wanted my first dessert, which was like months after, I, I, I went like several months without eating anything, I thought, I thought in my brain, no, I can't do that. That means I'm not really free if I eat a dessert. Then the devil wanted to get me into legalism. Wow. And so then I ate a dessert, 
And, but I don't have, I am not addicted. Like the addiction is gone. I don't even want to be on that kind of stuff. I mean, the girls can tell you. They've been eating stuff all weekend, and I've gotten out my fat bomb, my keto fat bombs <laughs> that I found. <laughs> I, they're really good. They actually taste like peanut butter cups or something. And God just, he gives me little things that I can have if I want to. But I don't ever think I'm awesome. I'm over here not eating sugar, and these people are. Like, I don't think that because that is not who I am, first of all. But he is the one that freed me. But I would have been like that if I would have freed myself. So thank you, Father. I just want to thank you right now for not letting me get free in my own strength because it is such a beautiful thing when we get freed by God's grace. But can I tell you, and this will pretty much end my message, can I tell you that... The things that have come out of this that I didn't even say at the retreat yesterday because I thought about it afterwards. I have had digestive problems for so many years, and my digestion is being healed. I am able, it, my doctor put me on some supplements recently for some uh, a health thing that I was going through, and actually they're helping me a lot, but I could never take supplements before, guys. And I don't even, I don't even think I'll need to stay on them long term, but I just had some, my iron was low. My vitamin B12 was low through blood tests. They found this out. I couldn't take it before. I'm telling you, it would blow my stomach up like I was six months pregnant. I'm not kidding. I couldn't eat certain things before, and I'm starting. And yet, there's still some things I'm staying away from, but I, my, I can tell a big difference in my digestion. Like, it's being healed. Why? I believe it's because I'm off sugar. I believe that God, like, he helped me get free, and now I'm seeing all these things that are as a result. The other thing that I was really, really having a problem with, well, first of all, I'm losing some weight. I'm so excited. And, um, so, but, but God is helping me, and my blood sugar was just all over the place before. And it's more level now, so I don't even want to eat as much, like not even near as much as I used to, because I felt like I would eat something, and sometimes 15 minutes later I would feel like I was hungry again because my blood sugar was off. And so that's even, I mean, he's just helping me with so many things from this one thing of me just saying, yes, Holy Spirit, I need your help, you know? And so I just want to encourage you again. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the one that produces the fruit in our lives. And he gets all, God gets all the glory, right? Because of that. And I want to tell you one last thing. Mm. I am so appreciative of the ministry of the Holy Spirit now. Oh, I don't know how people live. I mean, really, they're not. They're really not really truly living if they're not being led by the Holy Spirit because it's just, it's just a life of frustration and anxiety, you know. But spirit-led living brings us peace. And so I want to end with this. Times that I find myself filled with frustration or a lack of peace, well, that's when I know that I'm in my own efforts, okay? And uh, that I'm, I've gotten back into self-effort mode. So here's three things. When my thinking becomes complicated, I had been, before grace, such an overthinker. Figuring, reasoning, trying to figure out every detail, micromanaging, all of that. When I get into that now, when I start to go in that direction now, I just go, nope, no, no, no. That's, that's Sandra trying to do her own thing again. So then I back up and go, help me, Holy Spirit. When my plan begins to control me, if I feel that going back in that direction again, I'll go, nope, nope, 
this isn't about Sandra's plan. It's about the Holy Spirit's plan in my life. And so then I'll back up and I'll recognize that. And then when my priorities get out of order, like if I put the ministry over my family, then I'll say, no, that's Sandra trying to keep the ministry all, everything checked off and, you know. And I talked to another ministry couple just last week in, in um, Disney World, and she was saying she struggles with the same thing because their ministry is growing, and she's like, but there's this to do, but there's this to do, but there's this to do. God's helping me. Back up. Be led by the Holy Spirit. He will cause everything to happen in the right time. So I hope that encouraged you. And I can't wait for you to hear what my friend Amy has to say. Do you want, you do want to come up for a second? Awesome. Thank you. It's good. It's good work. Thank you so much. You know, when you get around someone that has been released uh, that yoke of bondage and legalism off of their life and like that easy light yoke of Jesus is on their heart. Um, th there's, there's an atmosphere of freedom that's just around them. And so like, as you're ministering, you're, you're ministering out of that place of freedom that you have found. And so it's like, it ministers freedom to everyone. I mean, it's the same when you get around someone who has that yoke of legalism on, on them, their atmosphere is tight. And it tries to bring a, a performance type of atmosphere out of other people's hearts. So you ministering out of that place of freedom, it just brings freedom into all of our lives. And, um, and, and because the, the freedom is the, it's the same freedom for all of us, but how many know that it, it is expressed and developed differently through all of our hearts at different times in our lives? You follow me? And so like as you're sharing, and what I love about your ministry is your transparency about your life. Because, like, I, I, you know, praise God for winning Bible Jeopardy and being good at Bible trivia. I'm not here for that. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want what works. And I want real stuff that's happening in people's hearts that's real. And so when you're ministering out of that place and you're being transparent and open, like, how I many you know it helps all of us? Because everybody in here, we all got stuff we struggle with. You know, and, and, and the, the, the hairspray and, and all of the, in your hair and those things, those, those are, are, are practical things that we can all relate to. That how many, you know, a small scenario like that can mess up your peace and mess up your whole day. If the enemy can get you in legalism in any single area of your life, you're going to be robbed of peace, you know. And so for you to open up your heart and open up your life like that and minister to us, it's just powerful. And we just want to say thank you. We really enjoyed it. It's really, really good. And just want to say hi to Steve. Cause I know you're, cause I know you're listening, Steve. What's up, Steve? Are you in the kitchen cutting up vegetables right now? What are you doing, Steve? Listen to our podcast all the time. So, are you working out? What are you doing, man? Good to, we love you, Steve. Amen. We love you, Steve. Is, uh huh. <laughs> Amen, brother. Hey, man, I, I had a particularly bad episode last night, man. It was like 2 a.m. The kids were, just woke up, and I had to use the bathroom, and I'm not going to go into all that. And I ended up downstairs, and I finished the gallon, you know what I'm saying? And so, anyway, amen, amen. Hey, no condemnation. Those are in Christ Jesus. Amen, come on. I, I mean, oh, there's a different timetable for deliverance in different areas. Amen. <laughs> I, I am not seeking deliverance from sugar. In fact, I'm probably going to dive into some sugar today. You know, I'm just going to see. And how do you know that there's enough room in the body of Christ for you to be led by the Spirit of God?
mean not to be insecure about what you're led by. You know what I'm saying? And to where you can be your person and I can be my person and we can have a place of safety right here. Can I get an amen? That's New Testament Christianity. Not creating denominations off people's own convictions that God have created in their own hearts. So anyway, thank you for that. It's good. So Amy, come on. Come on up here. Let's give it up for Amy one time. Come share. We got to hear her um, some of her testimony on Friday night, and it was just powerful. It's awesome. Amen. And you're a handheld person as well, right? So please. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yay, old school. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here. And I got to spend some time with Jeremiah and Stacy and the kids, and they're just awesome. Just such a heart for Jesus. And Sandra, I've known her for years. She knew me in my, in my journey, too. But I wore a mask, and nobody knew it. Christy, even one of the girls from St. Louis, my husband Mike and I were from Alabama, and we moved to St. Louis to work for the ministry. And Christy knew us, and she said, I can't believe it. I might tell this story later, but I put my husband out of the car on a Sunday morning on the way home from church because I was angry. And I don't even know what I was mad about now, but I did it. And Sandra's like, I mean, um, Christy said, what? I can't, no, it really wasn't that bad. You probably just said, oh, get out of the car. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't. And so now, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. And uh, I drove a Mustang and I'm like real dramatic, you know. Uh, now I drive a forerunner. I'm real, I'm real laid back. Um, but I'm so glad to be here. I love this place. When I walked in, it was like, man, this place feels like home. And you guys are a family, and I, 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 it's just beautiful here. So I'm, I'm glad to be. Love the name. And um, I just want to share with you about Jesus, what he's done in my life. And, um, yeah, he's not dealing with me about sugar either. So I'm going to Disney World next week, and I want to eat the snacks, and I'm going to eat the snacks. So, and Sandra's like, that's great. I love it. So we're free. We're free in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit directs each of our lives, and I'm so thankful. And I just want to read to you a little note that the Holy Spirit gave me when I wrote these notes. I thought this was for yesterday, but some of it's for today, and some of yesterday's for today, and we'll just go with the flow, because I know you guys love that, and so do I, because it's, it's all about Jesus and the, and the Holy Spirit. So this is what he told me to put at the top of my notes. Amy, join together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-revealed words. God's living, and that's scripture. That's nothing I can, that's good, isn't it? But I didn't come up with that. That's in the Bible. That's in the Passion Translation, Brian Peterson's translation that he did. God's living message is very close to you, as close as your own heart beating in your chest. That's true for all of us. His message, we have a story, y'all. Every one of you, every precious person, blood-bought in this room has a story. And you, you can change the world with what Jesus is doing in you. It may be one person. One person may be that world that you change. I used to tell my students, I was an elementary school teacher. Now I'm a preschool teacher. I, I got promoted. Um, I love the little people. I love the little people. Little people have such a pure heart, and they tell the truth. They, yeah, they, yeah, they do. And sometimes you, it's so sweet, and sometimes you're like, uh-oh, I need to go check myself. Anyway, um, but they're precious. They're precious. So um, anyway, and there I go, Sandra. Now I forgot what I was going to say. So, you know, it's just okay. But anyway, we all have a story. And I used to tell my children, uh, you know, you may not change the whole world, but you could change one person's world. And that's the same thing. It's the same thing. And, you know, I, that's just true. So anyway, 
It's as close as your own heart beating in your chest and as near as the tongue in your mouth. Just convey my heart. Just convey my heart. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Help me to do that, Holy Spirit. So before I start, let's just, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity and for this special place, Lord. I pray for every person that is watching online in this building, Jesus, that you would be glorified and magnified. Lord, we love you. You're so beautiful. And we love you because you loved us first. What a powerful truth. Just anoint my words this morning. I thank you that they are from your heart to this people. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I made a statement on this sheet, and I said, when you are living a lie, believing it is truth, the truth seems too good to be true. It's like, you know what? That can't be true. So when I started to get a hold of the truth, it's like, wait, i got to check this. But as I started opening up the Word and listening to what I was hearing and backing it up, it was Scripture. And the Holy Spirit started to reveal, this is truth. Man, my whole life changed. And I shared a little bit about my story yesterday at the women's retreat. But I came um, from a, a sweet family. I had a good mama and daddy. Loved my parents very, very much. But I was, I was the victim of sexual abuse at an early age and um, at the hands of a, of, a, of a friend, of a family friend. And it, it, was, um, it was something that those are, I don't remember when it started. And so basically for me, I just grew up with a very shame-based nature, a very um, just condemnation and guilt. And then when I was finally able to, you know, share what, tell my experience, with, share it with my mom, it was several years later, and I thought, why didn't I tell sooner? And then the condemnation just heaped upon itself because I was just burying myself with all the guilt and shame and just became a very people-pleasing person. Whatever you liked, I loved it. If you didn't like it, and I really did like it, you never knew it because I, whatever, I, I, would, I was the chameleon. I just changed myself with wherever I was. And even, you know, after I was born again at the age of 17, I got into some trouble the weekend before, and my mom sent me to church camp, and I was the reluctant camper. I was not happy to be there, but the, the man preaching, he preached the salvation message, and I knew that he was talking to me, and I needed Jesus. And I walked that aisle. It was long. Man, Shaco Springs Baptist Conference Center, Talladega, Alabama. It was long. And, but I got down there, and I gave my heart to Jesus. And my life did change for a little tiny bit. I didn't understand that what Jesus did for me perfected me. I thought from that moment when I accepted him, then it was up to me to carry out the rest of my salvation. I did not realize when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant it. <laughs> I mean, he did it. I don't have, there's nothing I can do to add to his finished work, good or bad. I can't perfect it, and I can't take away from it. And y'all, that's freedom. That is freedom. When I learned that, it's like, okay, Jesus, it's all you. You get all the glory. And not that I hadn't tried to take some for myself, because I have. You know, we all have those moments of, uh, you know, especially in the days where I was living out of that effort mentality. It was, if I was really good, oh, I was great, so much better than you. And if I was really bad, it was like, oh, God, I'm drinking the dregs of humanity. I mean, I'm awful. I went, I was, 
I was a mess. <laughs> but Jesus understood me. And I just want to share this with you. When the truth becomes revelation knowledge, that is what sets you free. And what I mean by that, John 8, 31 and 32, um, Jesus is speaking to some Jews who believe in him. I love John chapter 8, and I'm just going to tell you, I was just studying this out the other day. Read the whole thing. These are some Jews that were following along, believing in Jesus. And then when he starts to expound the truth about himself, they kind of get offended. They believed in him, but the truth offended them. Whoa, whoa. I just thought of that. I mean, that's the Holy Spirit. John 8, 31 through 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth is saying that about himself. If you, sh you shall know the truth, know the truth, revelation knowledge of the truth. And it will make us free. I, I, I believed in Jesus. But some of what I believed was wrong. I'm like Sandra. I thought God was ready to come down on me with a sledgehammer. I mean, if I stepped out of line one moment, one bit, I had no idea about how good God is and how much he loves us. And when I got a hold of the love of God, and y'all, I had the strangest dream last night. I can't get it off, can't get it off my mind. I haven't even shared it with Sandra or any of the, well, I think I told my, one of my nieces, I said, I had the strangest dream last night. And it was about houses that were off the foundation, just a, just a, a tiny bit, but they were leaning. They were leaning. And then I'm over here and I'm in Ephesians chapter 3, which I love so much. I love the book of Ephesians. I look over in Ephesians, it's like the Holy Spirit was reminding me. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. And in other translations, it's a foundation. So I'm like, Lord, one shift off of your love. And the whole thing leans. And he hasn't moved. Foundation didn't move. It was what was built on that. And so, I, I don't know. I, that's just a word for me, and hopefully, you know, it ministers to your heart too. Jesus loves us. He loves us so much, he took it all the way to the cross. And I didn't know if I was going to share this or not, but something I was talking with Connie about in the back this morning. And this is so cool. I go to Karis Bible College in Birmingham, Alabama. I go to Life of Faith Church, Mark Matchins Church in Birmingham. Just so thankful for that place and that, that body of people. They're just precious. But they're, they're a Karis campus. And I'm sitting there the, just like the last day of school. And I'm doing my thing. And this beautiful lady walks in with her husband. And I say hello. And they're looking for the director. And I point, it's Connie. And she starts talking about Sandy, and I'm like, why, well, I know her. What? Oh, my gosh, I'm going there, too. It was so cool. It was such a God moment. But I was sharing this with Connie about the love of Jesus. I never saw this before, and it was in a footnote in one of the Gospels. And, and I'm sorry, Casey, I sent Casey some scriptures, but I, I, I might be getting off of that. But I want to share this with you because it's so beautiful about the love of Jesus and what this um, footnote stated. It's talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And when he starts to pray, Lord, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. And so often we think maybe he was trying to back off from the crucifixion idea. I mean, and, but this is what, this is what this footnote shared. It could be that Jesus was praying, Father, let me go through this portion so I can go all the way to the cross. He could have died in that garden, y'all. He could have died right there because he was, he was under such duress. And, and Sandra was talking about stress produces, it can produce that sickness. What if he was to the point where he could have died there before he took it all the way to the cross and he hung on that cross? He had to be crucified because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And he took the whole brunt, the whole force, the whole curse, everything, sin, sickness, death of every kind was uh, and the love of Jesus that I saw when I read that footnote, he wasn't praying to get out of the cross. He was praying to make it through to the cross. Y'all, that's powerful. That's, we, and, and I love what it said at the end, Brian Peterson. He said, we have a brave Savior. Oh, Jesus is so brave. He loves us so much, y'all. Oh, and when I get a hold of that, I'm telling you, it just... That's truth. That's truth that will set you free. He loves you. You have a story. And I just want to share two truths. I'm not going to take too long because I'm smelling that food. And man, if y'all my stomach, I mean, but um, I'm not going to take too long. But I want to share two truths that became revelation knowledge to me. First one was 2 Corinthians 5.21. It was my light bulb aha moment with Jesus. It says... For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. That is my life verse. One night, July 2012, I'll never forget it, Pell City, Alabama, I'm laying there watching uh, Joseph Prince on YouTube, and he says that. And when he said it, it came, it just came off, it came out of the word and into my heart. And I thought if Jesus could become sin, he never sinned, he's perfect, but he took it into himself, then I can take his righteousness. He wants me to. And y'all, if we don't, we're not, we're not receiving all he gave to give us. Think about, I'm not a parent, but I love some kids. I love these two girls back here so much. They're like my own. But if I were to give them something and they just wouldn't take it, it would break my heart, and it would break yours as a parent. He wants us to take it, and you know what? He wants us to take it all, and he wants us to take it more and more and receive it from him. He died to give it all. He gave it all. He wants us to have it all, and not just in heaven. He wants us to have it now, and that's another thing I've learned is I can have abundant life right now, right here in this place, in this moment. And when you're living abundantly, people are drawn to it. They want to know Jesus. They're drawn to the Jesus in you. We found at preschool, my sister, the Holy Spirit just showed her this one day. When we would tell Bible stories, the kids want to hug us. When it's over, I, I bet Miss Teresa back there, she's getting some big hugs because when it's over, those kids run, they want to hug Jesus. It's the Jesus in us that they're just enraptured by. And it's the beauty in him. And when Sandra was sharing, when Jeremiah was sharing, I'm like, gosh, when Brian was singing, Jaira, y'all, that song, 
it's got me all tore up. I've been listening to it for days, and I just can't stop. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Never. And I love this. There's nothing I did. I'm, I'm not holding him up, so there's nothing I can do to let him down. Woo! Whoever wrote that, man alive, I'm telling you, it's so good. But that was the first truth that set me free is I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There again, Sandra, when you said the fruit of the Spirit, I used to read that, the fruit of Amy. I was like, that stuff stinks. I mean, it's rotten fruit. But it's the fruit of the Spirit, and it's Jesus' righteousness, not mine. Just a beautiful thing. The second truth that totally set me free, because, y'all, I was such a fearful person. If it weren't for Jesus, I would not be standing up here. No way, no how, no time, I would be out of sight, out of mind. That was just my mode. I, I did not want to be. But when, you know, when Jesus gets a hold of your heart, look at Peter. I think about him. There he was in Jerusalem running around hiding, denying, cussing, even whatever he had to do to get out of it. What, 40 days later, he's pre bold. He's right there. Jesus has perfectly restored him. The Holy Spirit has filled him, and he's preaching it. And, you know, when Jesus changes your life, you have to tell somebody. You did. So I thank you so much that I'm able to stand here today. It's just an honor to talk about Jesus with you. The second truth that totally set me free was 1 John 4:18, And I was such a fearful person, terrified of everything, mostly terrified of dying. I could not hear a symptom. Don't tell me what you've got. Don't, don't, don't describe it because I'll start having it. I'm, I, Friday morning, I was telling the girls this. On the way, when we started getting up to get ready to come up here, I thought I'm having a heart attack. My arm was hurting. Every, my, then my jaw started. I was like, okay, jaw pain. I'm a woman back then. I was going through, and I was like, stop it. What? No. Stop it. No. By his stripes, I'm healed. I give myself symptoms. And it's, I don't, you know, people say, I Google it. Uh-uh. I'm not Googling it. No, because I'll be dead tomorrow. I mean, no. I'm not Googling it. And so I was, I'm terrified of, of sick, you know, but now I'm by his stripes, I am healed. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. It's his word. It's his word. And when I apply his word and I believe it, my goodness. There, and I love this too. I just, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead of myself. First John 4, 18. <laughs> there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And I'm like Sandy again. I used to read that as, oh, I got to love perfectly. And then I won't be afraid. Nope. I'm not perfect, but there's one who is, and he loves me perfectly. And it's his perfect love that has cast out all my fear. And I just started meditating on that. As he is, so am I in this world. Just started meditating on little things like that, mulling them over. Just, and before I knew, y'all wasn't even afraid, and I didn't even realize I'd gotten free until I was able to spend the night at home by myself, and I was only 42 years old. <laughs> And I was able to stay by myself at night because I was terrified of the dark, being alone. You name it, I was scared of it. I mean, snakes I, and the and the year clowns. I was scared. I still don't like clowns. There was a clown at a, at a ministry picnic, and it was somebody I knew dressed up, and I still couldn't get around her. <laughs> that was years ago. I'm free now. Bless her heart. I would I'd be right there with her. But um. If she was here at this picnic today, I'd be right there with her. But I was scared of everything until Jesus. And now, you know, he, and there's still things, there are times when I'm like, okay, and I'll have to remind myself, that's not who you are. Jesus has made you fearless. He does give you wisdom. 
but you don't have to live in fear. He doesn't want that for you. And so that that's changed my life. Learning what the word says about my situation. That's the truth. If I'm seeing a circumstance and it doesn't match up with this word, it's not true. God is truth. His word is true. Jesus is the word made flesh. Y'all, I found this scripture, and I don't know if this is for somebody. Maybe it is, but it's Nahum 1.9. I was telling Jeremiah, I got all blessed about Habakkuk the other day. I just got all caught up in Habakkuk about Jesus. When you're looking for him in in those Old Testament stories, when you find him, it's like, there he is. I love that. You know, like the hidden Mickeys that walked. There, you know, with Jesus, though, it's like, there he is. Oh, there he is. And I love that Nahum 1.9. I don't know who this is for, but it says, the affliction shall not come twice. If there's something you've been dealing with and you've dealt with that, Jesus dealt with it at the cross. It shall not come twice. It shall not come twice. I love when I was dealing with what I was dealing with, we had a virus going around the preschool last week, and I thought, I can't get that. I'm not going to be ready for, you know. And so that's what I stood on. Affliction shall not come twice. I'd had it back in March, just a mild case, and I said, it will not come again. And then by his stripes, I am healed. And I just started standing on that word. And when I would feel a symptom, I'm standing on that word. Today when we prayed for Sandy, we're standing on that word. We take our authority. The only authority the enemy has over us is what we give him. I've learned that, y'all. Adam and Eve gave him their authority. We do the same thing when we give him our authority with, you know, just that's, that's just not true. You know, just talking, just like the negative self-talk. No, say what Jesus says about you. You're loved. You're mine. I chose you. You're called. You're anointed. Wherever we are, y'all, we're called to that. And it may not be to to just, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to get across here, but Holy Spirit, help me to convey it. We're called by him. We don't have to worry about, am I in the right spot at the right time? He'll get us there if we trust him, if we just listen He'll lead us into all truth. He is our God. He is our GPS through this life. And so that's, that's pretty much everything I just wanted to share. But I want you to know, Jesus, and you know this, but we can't hear it enough. I love to hear my mom tell me she loves me. I love it. Just receive it. He loves you. Oh, my goodness. You are the one and only you. There will never be another you. There's all kinds of flowers. They're beautiful. I love them. There's all kinds of people, but there's only one you ever. I used to tell my students this all the time. There's only one you in the universe. There's never been a you before now. There will never be a you after them. You are it. Find your destiny. Get into that calling, whatever it is. I'm speaking to myself here. I'm, 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 I'm listening to myself say this. You're it. He's got a plan. Find it. Get in it. It'll be, relish it because it'll be so fulfilling for you. I'm saying that to myself this morning. But fearless living, living in truth, living with the knowledge you are loved. Don't shift. Don't shift, Amy. Don't get off that foundation. I'm rooted in his love. I'm rooted in his love. I cannot be moved when I know that I'm loved. Oh, y'all, he loves us. Thank you so much for letting me share about Jesus this morning. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Let's give it up for Amy.
It was wonderful. These ladies bless you guys today. Let's give it up for both of them. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, please. Hallelujah. Love that analogy. You know, we, we just we don't we don't want to live off the foundation. You know, we want to make sure that we stay squarely on that foundation of his love. And um, you know, I mean you know, that 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 requires some adjustments. You know what I'm saying? Anybody in here ever have a moment where you feel like God doesn't love you and you disappointed him? <laughs> I mean you know, that you've got to make sure that that the the truth is louder than the way you feel. Because what you feel is not necessarily true. You understand that? Your feelings are not good indicators of reality. Sometimes you feel love, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel right with God, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel worthy, sometimes you don't. And your your feelings are going to be up and down. But how I many you know the, the the truth is eternal? Amen. And he conveyed that to us with the cross. And so there are periods where we got to get back because we want to be living out of a place of knowing that we're loved and forgiven. Amen. How I many know life's enjoyable when you know you're loved? How I many know life's not enjoyable when you don't feel like you're loved or you don't feel like you're worthy, you know? And so I, I love the, thank you for sharing that dream with us as well because, I mean, there's just that little bit of adjustment, amen, that we all need. So it's good work. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says, um, Whoever goes to war at his own expense... Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? Do I say these things as a mere man? Or does not the word say the same thing also? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have sown spiritual things to you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? How I many you know these ladies have traveled and they've opened up their hearts and they've poured out of their hearts into our lives? Amen. Spiritual things. And those things are powerful and they're awesome. And so according to scripture, our part is to reciprocate and to bless them and to bless back. Amen. If we partake of their spiritual things that God has done in their life, our part is to bless them with carnal things. Talking about you know being a blessing and being a being a blessing to their ministry. So, with that, if you need to give an envelope this morning, lift your hand up and we'll get one to you. If you're making out an offer, we're we're going to take up our regular tithes and offerings right now as a church as well. And if you would like to to make an offering specifically to them, uh, just put it put it on the memo. But make the actual check to the church, and we'll cut one check and give it to them, and they can split it up however they want to do that. So. Yeah, or on the envelope if it's cash. So anyway, if you need to give it all, lift your hand up. We'll get one to you. I need one, please. Um, I think Tim is out. So yeah, Tim's Tim's getting chicken. So <clears throat> that's important. How many you know that's important? You cannot have fellowship without some chicken. Can I get an amen? Chicken has preached more gospel than anything in the world. Praise God. Grace Point Church. Yeah. Thank you. Are we looking for offering envelopes and don't have any? Okay, yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, please. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right here. Right here.
Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, it says, be ye filled with the Spirit continually. And that word filled is, it's, it, you know, it, it's a perfect present. And so it's a continual filling. So you're right. We need it. I mean, that's what's one of the reasons we come together is we get to receive that. It's good. <clears throat> it's really good. Yeah, please go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's good. Tim, will you take the basket from Casey? It's not her thing, man. <laughs> she she does so many things amazingly well, like media and art and all, and everything really. But this isn't one of her fortes, so <laughs> it's okay. I didn't mean to cut you off, Brian, but. <laughs> Yeah, please say it again. Good word, man. Thank you for sharing that. It's good. Yes, please. Jesus. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, talk about it. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's go. Let's go.
Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Give God glory, y'all. Come on. Hallelujah. Yes. That's a word from the Lord to you, to be at peace. You know what I'm saying? See, this is the beauty of the body of Christ and getting someone in here who doesn't know anything about this family or this situation because you know that you know that you know it's God. And see, and that's, that's why God does these things, to let you know. So you have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Because the, the Lord is taking care of this for you. Yes, because he loves you. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's good that we come together. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, um, anybody else need prayer? Because we're going to switch gears here and do some prayer. Yeah, we probably need to stop it. Let me, let me pray real quick. Father, we just thank you. We ask you to bless this offering, and uh, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um,